theyeshiva.net. Okay, this is actually a short mimer of the Balatanya in the beginning of Parsha's Tazvia, which is this week's Parsha, of course. And it starts with the Pasuk, which is the opening of the Parsha, where Hashem tells Moshe, Isha ki Sazriya v'yoldo zocher. When a woman conceives and gives birth to a male, so the Torah goes into the halacha of the bris, and on the eighth day there's a bris, and then discusses the tumah, the impurity as a result of birth, whether it's for a male or a female, and then the blood of purity and the process of the carbon of a yeladus, etc., and this is V'amru Razal. Chazal were troubled by Isha ki Sazriya v'yalda zacher. The process of birth is a complex process. But the Torah could have just said, Isha ki yalda zacher. A woman gives birth to a zacher. Yes, you don't just give birth to a zacher. There's a process of intimacy and conception and fertilization and development of the fetus, and then there's birth. But you're not getting into the whole nine-month process. It says, Isha ki yalda zacher. Isha gives birth to a zacher. What's Isha ki Saziriya? When Aisha generates Zera and then Yalda Zach. So Amr Razal, and this is a famous Gemara in two places. Brachas Daf Samach Amad Aleph and Mesechis Nida, Mesech Tenida Daf Lamed Aleph Amad Aleph. Zagdi Gemara. Isha Mazra Astchila Yeledes Zacher. Ish Mazriya Astchila Yeledes Nekev. Al-Tarebbe says, V'zeh Ploi. This is very strange, very uh, bizarre, very difficult to understand. Gemara says there's a klal here. What's the klal? Isha mazras If it's isha kisazria, if the woman generates the zera first, if the woman generates the flow first, the product will be a boy, a male. The other way, ish mazria tchila. If the man generates first, then yeladis nakeva. She's going to give birth to a female. Which is basically, it goes the opposite way. So if the woman generates the flow first, however you touch ki sazria, you have to understand exactly what that means also. He's not here getting into the pshat of the Maimah Chazal, or the biology of the Maimah Chazal. Which, this has been many discussions over the years. Exactly, can it be defined? Can it be seen? Can it be experienced? Etc. But uh, what Chazal are saying on some level, obviously, is if it starts with a woman, Isha Mazras Tchila, if she generates the Zerah first, the product is a boy, not a female. And the other way, Ish Mazriya Tchila Yeladis It's a very strange uh, reality. What does this mean? What's the idea? L'chayri would say, if anything, opposite, or it's not dependent, it's not connected. V'hafilosofim nitchekuliyash. The philosophers discussing this Maimah Chazal, Nidchaku, they pushed themselves to be Miyasha. When he says here the philosophers, he's talking about philosophers who were loyal to Mamari Chazal. It's not some philosophers uh, of Athens or <laughs> or other places. For example, this Peter that he's going to say is born in Abenu Bechaya. says, Val Philosophim. Abenu Bechaya wrote a very philosophical work, so he calls him Val Philosophim. But it's born in Abenu Bechaya. Since the woman generates the Zedah first, so says, so the seed of the Zohar comes second, comes last. So the one on the top prevails. That's how he touches it. 
if the man generates his seed first. So now, tipas hanekeva, the flow, the orgasmic flow of the female comes second. That's on the top, so to speak. So we law govar. So the one on the top prevails. In Gemara and Pesachim, there's a machlaikas between Rav and Shmuel about kashrus. Tata govar, ilah govar. Does the lower one prevail or the higher one prevails? It's Negeyen, Yeridea, when you have uh, two pieces of meat in a pot, and one is kosher and one is non-kosher, and they're on top of each other, do you say tata govar or ilah govar? If both are hot, so the, the taste will transfer. If one is hot and one is cold, so let's say the top one is hot and the bottom one is cold. If you say tata govar, the one on the bottom prevails, so basically it cools off the top one, so when things are cold, the taste doesn't transfer. When there's heat, so the, the molecules expand, and the taste of one entity gets absorbed in the other one. So some is rav and shmuel. One holds the log over, you have to go based on the top one. If the top piece of meat is hot, the whole pot is trade. The other shit is tatog over, the lower one prevails, and therefore, if the lower one is cold, it's fine, the pot is kosher. You could take the lower piece, or the higher, the top piece, you just have to uh, peel off the point of contact with the tray for meat, and you can eat it. In Yeridea, the halacha, we say in Yeridea, the tata govar, that the low one prevails. But he teaches this is pshat, that here we say ilah govar, the one on the top prevails. So therefore, if the isha mazrast chila, so the tip on the top is the zachar, so that ultimately has the dominant effect on the future of the fetus, and hence the chromosomes that are developed are one, you'll have the Y chromosome, which will basically produce a male child. If Ishmazriatchila, so then the tipas of the Nekeva will be second, will be on top, and therefore that will become the dominant feature on the fetus, and the fetus will be a female. That's what he says the philosophers, Nidcha Kuliyashev. Why is it a doichik? He says, But really, this is a very strong doichik, meaning it's very. Um, not removed. It's it's fakve. It's 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 a forced pshat. Why? The mashma shemi mena dafke baazras hazochem v'lo yadish hazochem azriel lebesayim. So he's saying very good. Look at shmak. Isha mazras chile yeled hazochem. According to this pshat, doesn't mean that the isha mazras chile yeled hazochem. It means because isha mazras chile, so the zochem is mazria on top. So therefore, you let us off. It's not because Ishma Rastchila. It's because Ishma Zuya last. That's the word. The lotion of Chazal is Mashma. That there's a relationship. Because Ishma Rastchila, because the woman started, therefore there's a boy. According to that pshat, no. It's not because the woman started. It's because she started, so therefore, Fakert. So she is the weaker one because the Zohar comes second and he law govern the same the other way around. Ishma Zuya you let us Nekev is Mashma. Because he did it first. He generated the orgasmic flow first. Therefore, the result is the female. According to this, not because he did it first. He did it first, so he's on the bottom. And she's second, so she's on the top. That's why she's Yeladis Nakeva. So that's why he says it's a doichik. It's not, it's, 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 um, it's a forced pshat. It doesn't seem that that's what the Chazal were saying from the way they chose their language in conveying this idea. V'oid, another proof. The Amri Razal Soyperi Gimel Dinida. The Gemara says at the end of the third period of Nidigabe Dina Ksiv Bitoi. Bitoi Shal Yaakov. The Gabe Hashvatim Ksiv Bnei Leia. Ki Isha Mazras Chil. The Gemara says, interesting. Vateitse. 
Yeah, it says Benegayadina. The Torah identifies her as Bas Yaakov, the daughter of Yaakov. When it comes to the Shvatim, the Torah identifies them as Bnei Leah. So Morris says, "Why?" So he says, "Pashut, because Dina was a girl, and the Shvatim were boys." Isha Mazras Tchila Yilad Zachar. Isha Mazriat Tchila Yilad Snekev. So Dina was, so to speak, Yaakov's girl. Yaakov's girl, because he was Mazriat Chila. That's why you have in the cave. Mashank and the Shvatim, they were Leah's children, even though they were Yaakov's children, because it's Isha Mazrach. This is according to the Pshat of the philosophers, that doesn't make sense. There's no unique relationship between the daughter and the father, and between the sons and the mother. It's Fakert. Fakert. Isha Why? Because the Zacher came on top and he wins. So by the Shvatim you should say Bnei Yaakov, and by Dina you should say Bas Leia, because she, she prevails. She prevails. <coughs> so what do you see from here? That the Gemara wants to say it's not like that. That the connection with, of the Nekev is to the Ish. And there's a special connection of the Zachar to the Isha. That's why they are called, the boys are called Bnei Leia, and the girl is called Bas Yaakov. Mashma Shemizera Isha Davka Neilad HaZachar. The Zacher is connected to the seed, to the flow of the woman. Of course, also to the man. Every, every child is a product of both, the seed and the egg. But there's a special connection between the boy and the Zerah HaIsha. That's why they're called Bnei Leia and the other way around. Vidal. Vidal is Vidal Maven. Enough, enough uh, with the questions, with the, with the, with the rights. You see also there's a lush in the Medrash this week. Same, same Zayah. It's not true. Zach is from the Isha and the Ish. Like the philosophers, the Zach is not from the Isha. Fakert. The Zachar is because the Isha is on the bottom and the Isha is on the top and he wins. We see from all these sources that Chazal had a different Kavana. That there's something about the Isha, Mazra's Chila, that creates Zach. What's the Havana here? For Inyan, the Pshat is... So he's going to explain the whole concept, Alderich HaNister, from a deeper uh, mystical level. But that's be every, very obvious that he's saying this is also the Pshat in the, in the physical phenomenon. For Inyan, Ki HaZachar Hubchin is Chesed. Generally, a Zachar male is associated with Midas HaChesed, Kedixiv, Zohar Chazda. Zohar Chazda literally means, we say it in Davening Friday night from Tehillim, Zohar Chazda and Manasseh Levesi literally comes from the word Zecher, memory. He remembers his Chesed. But as is often in the case, the case, since there's no Nekudas, so it can also be pronounced not as Zohar, but Zohar Chazda. Chesed is just a remez, that Chesed is associated with Zohar. Or Nekevi Ibchines Gvura. Femininity is associated with Midas HaGvura, with the attribute of Gvura, of strength. That's why there's an expression in Gemara, Dina the Malchus Dina. Malchus is femininity, and Malchus is associated with Din, which is Midas HaGvura. Again, it's a remez, a remez in the sources, a mystical remez in the sources, homiletical remez, that Malchus, which is femininity, is associated with Din, which is Midas HaGvura. Midas HaDin, Dina the Malchus the Gemara says about Metziah about Sarah, Shabashar, Shabishru, Amalachim, Shasidu, Shatelet, Ben Zacher, Pirsa, Nida. 
when Sarah heard that the Malachim gave her the news that she's going to have a baby, mm-hmm. at the beginning of Parshas Vayera, it says that Avram asked her to make bread. And Lepoil, there was no bread. He didn't serve bread. He served meat. He served milk. He served yogurt. But he didn't serve bread. So the Gemara says that when she heard the news that she's going to have a baby, Pirsa Nida. So she became, even though she was already 90 years old, Pirsa Nida, she became a Nida. She saw blood, which was Pchinas Gvuras, which blood, Dam, the color red, also represents Gvura. Vigam Amr the Chazal also say, Shavram Kemach. Gemara brings that Avram said she should make soilus. Soilus is very refined flour. She prepared kemach. So Gemara says, Mikan she'isha e'neha tzara ba'archem. You know this Gemara? From here you learn that a woman's eyes is narrower when it comes to guests. It's more difficult for her with guests. So Avram says soilus. She says kemach which is not like Silas, because it was more difficult for Sarah to have guests than Avram Avinu, because this is all a woman is, is generally Sarah was associated with Gvura, more than Avram was associated more with Chesed. Now what does this mean? What's the connection of masculinity to chesed and femininity to gvura. It's important here to make, just to make a, a certain qualification. It's not a, a statement about every man and a statement about every woman. Sometimes you have men who are feminine and you have women who are masculine. And generally there's the woman and the man and the man and there's the woman and the man and the woman as we will see here. What it means is the concept of masculinity is rooted in chesed. The concept of femininity is rooted in Gvura. How it plays itself out in every man and woman, that's already a different Maisa. But generally the two are connected, and you could see it also with men and women. What's Pshat? Men are associated with Chesed, women are associated with Gvura. Not everybody would easily agree with this. Yeah, You have some men who are very kind, and you have some men who are not very kind. You have some women who are very, very kind, as you know from your wives. And you have some women who are, uh, you know, tough cookies. <laughs> I mean, you have all types. You have men who are very tough. But the truth is, Gvura doesn't mean unkind. Gvura means strong. Gvura comes from the word strength. Midas haddin, dina doesn't mean unkind. When a person is not kind. And chesed doesn't always mean kindness also. Chesed and Gvura represent two qualities. And one, in Nister, one is associated with masculinity, one is associated with femininity. One is Avram, one is Sar. What's the difference of Chesed, chesed and Gvura? Generally speaking, we learn Chesed means you're kind, and Gvura means you're tough, you're not giving. Gvura doesn't mean you're not kind. It says also Yitzchak was Gvura. Avram was Chesed, Yitzchak was Gvura. It doesn't mean Yitzchak was not kind. Yitzchak was a very kind person. It's a different type of giving. It's a very different type of giving. The Magad of Mizrich teaches a net sara ba'archem. It's a net sara. Literally, if you English it means her eyes are stingy. Sar means stingy, narrow. Literally, she doesn't want guests. She doesn't want guests. Now, it's a little bit of a difficult thing to. What does it mean? Women don't want guests, and men like guests. I mean, you see that as a fact. Again, 
you have women who don't want guests, and you have women who open their house, and they, 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 sometimes women work for guests, for Archim, for Shabbos, and Yom Tov. Some of you just made Pesach. I mean, you know what the women did? It wasn't Pashat. It was a Neat Sarabarach. Depends. And men, all men love guests. Some men hate guests. The Maggid says something very heavy. He says, Eneat Tzara. Tzara comes from the word Tsar. Tsar means narrow. Eneat Tzara Baruch. Her eyes become narrow when there's an Eirach. What's the Havana of this? The Havana is, whenever you have a lot of guests at a table, you can't give each one of them personal attention. It's impossible. Because every person, you know, if you can have a real conversation... So then it could be very private and very open. And then there's other guests. So it's a whole, it's more of a different mahalach. When you have a lot of guests at a table, it's more like a party. You know, you're running a show. Women are intimate by nature. They cherish a personal relationship. So Einat Sarabarach, he touches the word Tsar. Her eyes are Tsar. It's hard for her to have this expansive experience with a lot of people and there's just a general energy in the house at the table. She wants to have more of a tsar, a, a narrow, a personal relationship, a more intimate relationship. It's difficult to have a whole marach. Men, men are better than this. You know, they like to... It's filnatish, yeah. Bring in another 50 people, another 70 people. Yeah, better. It'll be a lot of singing, a lot of drinks, a lot of good food. Just bring out the food, you know, bring out the food. They're not as sensitive. Now, when you think about chesed and gvura, it's connected to this Indian as well. Huh? What is it? Kemach is a Soilus is a lot of work. Soilus is very refined. I say it's very heavy. Why? Why he says work from the Maggid is very heavy? No, not very heavy. I'm saying the Pashtus, it's a little strange. All women in that sort of baruch, it depends on the woman. Some women like guests and some women, but all women, it's sensitive, yeah? Uh, your wife would say, what are you bringing guests for? The house is not clean, I have no food, yeah? I have no food, I have no this. There's a sensitivity. Every guest is... It's a metzius chashuva. But man, if I bring another 30 guests, so, you know. Now, what's the difference of chesed and gvura generally? <coughs> When you speak about chesed and gvuri and kedush, I'm talking about, it's two different types of kindness. Chesed is kind and gvuri is kind. But gvuri is a different type of chesed. I'll give a marshal so you'll be able to understand the difference here of chesed and gvuri. If somebody is uh, walking, it's a winter night, a January or February night, and uh, together with, it's a New York bleeding winter, Together with the winds, it's maybe uh, 10 below zero or 20 below zero. You know, one of these uh, nights when you want to stay home. But you went out and you're walking home and you're walking in the street and you're going to your car and Baruch Hashem, you have a leather-seated car that the heat comes out from uh, from the seat. So when you sit down, you have tata gavar, ilah gavar, the heat from all the sides and everything is gishmak. And on the way, you see a homeless person who doesn't even have a blanket that can cover his whole body. If he covers his face, he can't cover his toes. If he covers his toes, he can't cover his face. And he turns to you and he says, Sir, sir, can you spare, can you spare a couple of dollars? And you just had a lovely evening in a restaurant with somebody who just made a wonderful deal. So you're in a good mood. 
So you take out a $5 bill and you give it to him, and if you're in a very good mood, you take out a $10 bill, and if you're in a lovely mood, you take out a $20 bill, and if you're mamish over the top, you may even take out a $50 bill and you give it to him, and his face lights up, and uh, you go into your car, and tomorrow when you go to your therapist, and your therapist says, are you a nice person? He says, of course I'm a nice person. Last night I took out $20 and I gave it to a homeless stranger whom I don't know, I'm never going to see again. Why? Of course I'm a very nice person. I'm generous, I'm kind. There's no question, that's a classic case of Midas HaChesed, you shared something you didn't have to share, and you gave it to somebody you don't know, and you were very kind. That's one approach. It's empathy or sympathy? Okay. We'll ask the therapists, but... Uh, Let's, let's generalize it. It's called chesed. Now, there's another situation. You look at the same person and he asks for money and you look into his eyes and you know that this $20 bill is not going to go to buy tofu or barley kernels or even uh, orange juice or nice water. It's going to go for something else. It's going to go for Coke. And I don't mean the soda. <laughs> or kayotze bazaar. So what you tell him is you say, listen, I would love to give you $20, but come, come, come here. You bring him into your car. The car is heated and he sit your ma. You brought him into your car and you say, listen, I'd love to give you $20, but you know what you're going to do with this $20. You're going to destroy yourself. I don't want to enable you. So here's the deal. I want you to go into rehab. Okay, let's Google a good place. And you find a good place or you know of a good place. You give him your telephone number. You say, listen, when you go into rehab, I will pay for the first two weeks. Let me know when you're in rehab. Call me back. Here's my number. Have a wonderful evening. Okay. And life moves on. The first person gave 50 bucks. The second person didn't give zero. But now I ask you another question. Who was thinking more about the person? Who was thinking more about the person? The one who gave or the one who didn't give? The one who gave didn't think for more than a half a second. Hey, take. I feel good. You feel good. The second person who didn't give was much more focused on the needs of the other person. I'm not now getting into the details of the martial stam. It's an illustration of a concept. Sometimes not giving is because you're actually trying to give much more. You're thinking about the person. I think many of us will attest to the fact that when Vura, in the sense of discipline, and covation, sister, etc., is required in relationships with our kids... Tough love is always much better coming from the women than from men. Always. Yeah. Tough Why? Love, always, because that's the, that's the guru. Tough love is the guru. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about real gvura, it's actually a deeper, it's more caring than chesed. You see, chesed in a funny way could be detached. You're detached. You give. You give. It's like when you give your kids whatever they want. It's because you're attached or because you're detached? It's not because you're always attached, because you're detached. Just get off my back. Call me a good father and stop screaming and just go to your room and, and sit with your iPod for the next nine years. And call me when there's a crisis. <laughs> right? When you say no, now you actually have to deal with the person. Oh, now you have to deal but now you're getting into the world of the other person. And the same is true in every area of life. Yeah, Your kid wakes up at uh, 12 o'clock midnight, comes out of bed and comes into the kitchen and has this uh, bashful face because he doesn't know how Tati is going to respond. And he walks into the dining room of the kitchen. Finally, the house is clean and the house is quiet. And 
and you're reading something, or you're falling asleep on the couch, and he's there, and he's very cute. Your Midas HaChesed says, pick him up and give him a hug, and he asks you for ice cream, and give him ice cream, and have an ice cream party at one in the morning, and then give him a little cake, and then let him run around the house, and then he'll fall asleep at 3.30 under a, be- under a table or under a couch. Well, yeah, like a good kid. Now, when you lift up that kid and you kiss him at 12 o'clock at night, and you give him ice cream and this, you're being very nice, and it's not a fake. You love this kid. You'll sacrifice your life for him. But you're not really thinking about him. Because if you're thinking about him, tomorrow his day is going to be miserable. You put him back in his bed and he cries for the next half an hour. It's not chesed, it's gvura. But you were actually thinking about the person. You were in touch with the consequences of a person. A woman called me that her uh, chosin, who was a Talmud of mine, got engaged. And she says he's, <laughs> he speaks on the phone with my daughter with the Khaled. They were on the phone for 13 hours. They got engaged. Oh, 13 hours. So she was horrified. I said, first of all, the Ebrist is a halfa, because I don't know, once they're married, if they're ever going to talk for 13 hours. If they talk for six minutes, it's showing a good shalom bias. So, so, you know, cherish it. It's not, it may not be the worst thing in the world. It's not the uh, chres. I don't know, but uh, I said, "What's the problem?" Okay, I mean, that, you know, it's new for both of them. They're excited. She says, "No, my wife, my my daughter has to get up at six in the morning. She goes to teach. You know, he's a yeshiva bache. He could sleep. Uh, I won't say to which hour, but he could sleep in a little bit after the sicken. And uh, and uh, it's a problem. He uh, keeps him up, and she has to teach all day, and she's exhausted." Okay, so I say he'll come to he'll come here. I'll, I'll ask him. So he, I asked him. So he tells me, he says, "You're right, but what should I do? I love this girl." He says, "I love her. I can't get off the phone. I can't hang up. I can't hang up on the phone." So it was very interesting. He meant it. He wasn't a. He meant it. And let's not call it infatuation. Let's say it's love. What is it? This is chesed. Chesed means I love you and I can't get off the phone. But there's only one issue. You're not thinking about the other person. <laughs> You're thinking about your love, and you're thinking about your experience, and you're thinking about how geschmack it's for you. Maybe you should also think about the other person. They're going to have a miserable day because they need some sleep. So gvura, in which you detach, is not because you're detached. It's because you're attached. And therefore you're focused on the consequences, long-term consequences of the other person. Chesed is more, I feel good, I like you, I feel positive, I give it to you. Gvura, I hold back because I may not be expressing love. You know what I'm expressing? I'm expressing respect. Now what's deeper, love or respect? At the first glance, love is more exciting than respect. Really, respect has a depth that love doesn't have. Because love doesn't acknowledge that you're a separate person. Love often says, you're just part of my love. You're an object of my love. Respect means you're not an object of my love. You're a separate person. You have your needs, you have your distinct identity, and I respect that. When I tell the child, when I tell my child, no, what we call tough love, what am I really saying? If it's coming out of cruelty, we're not talking about that. That's a different gvura. That's ace of gvura. Yitzchok's gvura doesn't come out of cruelty. It comes out of kindness. It comes, I'm so attached to you that I'm actually thinking about what is good for you not only today, today, tomorrow, after tomorrow, and ten years from now. That's a whole different experience. So you have to understand that Gvura doesn't mean you don't care. Gvura means you care more, and therefore you're aware of all the consequences, and therefore you have to create space. You have to create space. You have this in a Mishnah, Masechta Edius. It's a very fascinating Mishnah. 
The Mishnah says, I think it's in Perikei of Mishnayis Edius, Akavia ben Mahalel was one of the great Tanoim. And he was dying. So the Gemara said, the Mishnah says, Bishas Misasai, when he was dying, he had a child, a Yasim, an orphan. He would be an orphan. And he told his father, before you die, Pekoid Alayla Chavirecha. Tell your friends about me. He was basically asking for what we call good old protectia. You're one of the top. Call in the Chachamim and say, listen, I have a son, you know, he's the genius of the century. Set him up with the best, the best yeshiva, the best chavrusa. Just give him everything. That's what he asked for. You're from the top. Get me in, get me in the door. So what does his father say? His father says, Loi. I won't do it. So he says, Abba, Shema Avel Matzasabi. You think I'm such a bad kid? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? Get me into the best yeshiva. Get me the best chavruza. Get me the best shir. Why would you do this? He says, no. And you're wondering, you're reading this merger where the man is about to pass away. You have to be so cold. <laughs> so cold at this moment. Your son is asking you for a simple favor before you die. Get me through the door. So his father says no. And he explains to him, he says, tells him four words. And his four words are, you know what the Mishnah says? Ma'asecha yekarvucha u'ma'asecha yerechakucha. Your deeds will bring you close and your deeds will bring you far. And he passes away. That's it. What was he telling his son? Was he being kind or was he being cruel? Was he being attached or was he being detached? He was telling his son as follows. I could get you through all the doors. I can have all the doors opened for you. But for the rest of your life, you will know one thing. You're living on your father's credit card. Your father was great and therefore you're living off him. I believe in you too much to do that to you, my dear son. I will not do that for you. Because you're not going to have a father. If you would have a father, no. Because you're not going to have a father, what's the greatest gift a father can give his child before he passes away? The greatest gift is that the child knows that he is empowered to be the author of his own biography. He is empowered to orchestrate his destiny. He's not a victim of his father's prestige, or his father's guilt. Right? The, the Basak says, fathers eat sour grapes and the teeth of the children should become um, should become uh, decadent, should become rotten. That was the You don't need me. I could do it, but it'll be me, it won't be you. And that's what you, you're going to remain an orphan emotionally as well. There won't be anything to you. I don't want to do that. So this is gvura or chesed. Of course it's gvura. This is the boundaries. This is, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you need, not what you want. That's a whole different Indian. So chesed looks good. Gvura never looks good. Gvura generates tears and frustration. You're the worst tati in the world, or you're the worst mommy in the world, as he says here. Not the worst tati. Tati usually gives the ice cream. You're the worst mommy in the world. But why are you the worst mommy in the world? Because mommy cares. You know, daddy's going to work. <laughs> You'll stay home all day, big deal. You're going to be at work. <laughs> it's fine. When you're attached, 
you have to create boundaries. When you're not attached, who cares? Take what you want, I don't care about you. Nem, nem, take more, take more. So Gvura, real Midas Hadin, when you're dealing in Kedusha, comes from the fact that you're closer, and because you're thinking more about the person, you understand the need for respect. Respect means I respect you. And because I respect you, I will not give you something that will please you at the moment, but ultimately it will ruin you. It will not be good for you. So let's understand, it's harder to have gvura than chesed. For a bal chesed, it's harder to have gvura than chesed. Chesed is easier. Now, this doesn't mean you should always have gvura. But it means that midas ha doesn't mean you're unkind. That's the connection. Now, generally, when you speak about men and women, women are more attached to situations. Whenever you're more attached to situations, attached to people, attached to a house, attached to a marriage, attached to a relationship, women are very intimate. They're very connected to things. They're less aloof. They're less detached. Is a myland is the myland this? That's why Nekeva generally is associated Dina de Malchusa Dina with Midas Hagvura. Midas Hagvura, yeah. <laughs> Abacha came to me. He was having a problem in his relationship. I said, what's the issue? He says he speaks to his Kala and he tells her things that in Yeshiva they always tell each other. And she's getting very insulted. And he says, come on, grow up. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> I said, it doesn't work that way. I said, you go over to your friend, you give him a slap in the back, and you say, you're an idiot. I said, that's not how love works. With uh, You don't slap your wife on the back and say, you're such an idiot. You know, or whatever other nice things that, that, that Bachram say to each other. Why? Why? Not because they're not mature. Not because they're not mature. Because they're connected. They're very sensitive. They're emotionally very connected. So therefore, you have to be very sensitive to that. An insult will have an impact which is often much deeper than an insult between two men. Because when you're more detached, you're more aloof, things don't affect you. They don't go in so deeply. When they don't go in so deeply, it doesn't affect you. And that's what drives men crazy about relationships. They don't understand. Because women take things very, very deeply. It's v- a relationship is very serious by them. Keep Again, I'm not saying a generalization for everybody. Sometimes you have men who are women and you have women who are, uh, who are men. Laman But the Nakuda is that when somebody takes a relationship very serious, it's personal, it's emotional. You can't say, be detached. I'm not detached. I'm not detached. You'll see it even. Yeah. So you'll have... Uh, Men often don't understand this. There's dirty dishes in the sink. The woman says, I can't go to sleep till those dishes are not cleaned. And he says, close the door of the bedroom. Close the door of the bedroom. What's the problem? You close the door, there's no dirty dishes. doesn't work like that by women. doesn't work like that. She says, I need the garbage out of the house. Yeah? A week later, of course, the garbage is still there. What's the big deal? Men can often detach much easier. And therefore, chesed also could come. In gvura, it means you're very connected to a situation. When you're connected, you're there fully. Whenever you're there fully, things are very intense. Words are intense. Experiences are intense. Emotions are are intense. The Balatanya, Alter Rebbe, says in a Maimer that the job of a man is 
to be mamtik the gvudas of his wife. That's what he says. A zocher is chesed, a nekeva is gvura, and he has to be mamtik the gvudas of his wife. Take even the, he brings here the concept of nida. I'm not going to get into whole arichas here. What's the concept of nida? What's the concept of nida? He says it's the union of gvura. Pir sadam nida. Every month there's blood. What's the union of it? Biologically, a woman prepares to have a baby. The body creates a uterus, which is basically a keli to hold a baby. If a baby comes in, baby comes in. If not, the uterus dissolves. And basically, that's what blood is. That's what damnid is. Every single month, the uterus dissolves. So it's really a form of death. And a form, the seven days of Nid that's brought in Kabbalah is Shiva. The woman is sitting Shiva. That's why it's a very difficult time. What's Pshat Shiva? Nobody died, Khalila. But it means the potential of life is gone. Every month her body prepares to have a baby. The uterus dissolves, it flows. So this Tumma seven days. What people don't understand what this Tumma is. Where the woman is suddenly <laughs> impure, she became dirty. <laughs> she became dirty. People don't know. Tumma doesn't mean, in Halacha, Tumma doesn't mean you're a dirty person. Tumah means whenever there's great spiritual potential, in the void of it, there's an emptiness. The emptiness. That's what all Tumah means. All Tumah means. Whenever there's great spiritual potential, and then there's a void, there is a sense of loss. That's what Tumah is. And you have to know how to deal with those situations. The seven days of Nidah is essentially a certain form of grief, of mourning. A woman's body is completely transformed. The Gemara says it happened because of the Itzadas. Now, take about take a man's body. A man lives a hundred years, ninety years, hundred and twenty years. His body is not preparing for anybody else. Her body is always preparing to hold on to somebody else. The Maral says Rechem comes in the word Rachem. Rechem, the womb comes in the word Rachem. Why? Every month her body is already in a relationship. That's why Tav Lamesav Duma Lamesav Armalu. Women are wired with relationships because their very body builds a relationship. Every month it's ready for a relationship. It wants somebody else. A man's body is Anivafsiyoid. It's me, 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 me. Nothing else. A relationship is a chidush gadl. So the gvura here of Nida, what he says Nida means that there's an intensity, an intensity. She experiences the pain of the world in a very real way. This is what people, a woman experiences the anguish of existence, which is represented by the Eitz Hadas and Dam Nida, in a very real way. She cannot detach herself from it. So you can't expect a woman not to be intense. If you find that, fine, go to Hawaii and retire over there. God bless you. But it's very rare. A woman, by definition, she's emotionally intense. There's a lot of intensity in emotion. Don't say, you know, when men start telling her, chill out, relax. The worst thing to tell your wife. Chill out. Once in a while you could say that it has to come with with hachana, with hachshami, if you know how to say it, when to say it. But, oh, come on, just forget about it. It's, it's, a, it's a strange thing to say. It doesn't work that way. And today, a lot of men are like women. You also can't tell that to men always. <laughs> they, they get a crisis. You, can't, you have to know when to say it. Are you saying it from a place of detachment or from a place of attachment? Whenever you tell somebody, oh, chill out, basically what you're telling them is, you're a headache, Leave me alone. and you're causing me a headache, leave me alone. You're not telling them to chill out. You're just telling them, get out of here. You're bothering me. Women get much more upset because they feel it immediately. Don't say that. Don't say that. 
you have to, what do you have to do? You have to create space for it. Hamtakas hagvuris, the Alter Rebbe writes in a mimer, the job of a man is to be mamtik the gvuris of his wife. What should be mamtik the gvuris of his wife? To be able to create space for it without becoming insecure. <coughs> the challenge we have is we become insecure. When we feel people are emotionally intense, we feel it's an attack on us. So therefore we get very, very uncomfortable. Your wife's emotional intensity is not an attack on you. It's her way of experiencing life. When you come home and your wife tells you how difficult the day was, many men think she's telling you you're a miserable husband. <laughs> That's where they get upset. You come home and all you do is quetch and quetch and quetch and quetch. This was bad. This was Okay. This is not a th- saying that some women are mahader in this uh, for 70, 80 years. That's a problem. I'm not talking about a woman who doesn't stop. Then that's, you have to know if there's mental illness. You have to know if there's depression. You have to know if there's very difficult anxiety. I'm not talking about these things. These are serious situations where the gvura becomes overwhelming and there's nothing else but anxiety and nothing is good enough. You know, and anger and, and, and upsetness and depression and all that. So please don't, uh, I'm not trying to sugarcoat any of these challenges that, that some of us are aware of too well. My point is, emotional intensity you don't have to get scared of. You know what you have to do? You have to be powerful, you have to be a man. <laughs> What's that you have to be a man? Zachar chazda, you have to have chesed. You have to have chesed. You have to say, you know what? I'm big enough to be able to contain it here. You create a uterus, you open up your heart, you say, here, I have place for it, bring it in, bring it in. You had a hard day, I'm sorry, let me hear about it. Create space, and you know what happens? The moment you look at your wife and say, you had a hard day, let me hear about it, suddenly she didn't have a hard day anymore. Suddenly, in five minutes, the day was a good day. Why? Why? It's a Pella de Kazakh, because... What, what she was looking when she was looking for a relationship. She was looking to express it. What happens if you're f- afraid of it? So then you have to crush it. You have to destroy it. You have to be mavatal it. And then what you're doing is you're delegitimizing the other person and it's coming because you're afraid of accepting the other person for who they are. So that's one aspect. I mean, there's other aspects. One aspect of this distinction that he's making here between the Zohar being associated with Chesed and then a cave of being associated with Midas Hagvur. Page 38, right? Parshas Tazriya. The line starts with Pchines Gvuris. Pchines Gvuris. Vihine, but you see the line is, starts with Pchines Gvuris. It's like 10 lines from the beginning of the Mimer. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Fourteen lines from the beginning of the Maimi Ishaki Tazriya. Ah? Vihine Bivlad Shneya Mazrihim. A child Okay, let's let's remember here the summation. Chazal said Ishaki Sazriya Vyalda Zakhar is what teaches us Isha Mazras Thili Yalad Zakhar, Ish Mazriya Thili Yaladis Nakev. The difference of a male and female depends on if the flow begins with the woman or the husband. The philosophers explain it, as I said, Rabbeinu B'chayi brings this pshat in his commentary on Chumash, that Isha Mazras Tchila, and therefore on top is the seed of the man, and therefore that becomes dominant, Ilah Gavar. Ish Mazriat Tchila, so on top 
is the contribution of the woman, so she becomes the dominant one, and hence the fetus is female. The Balatanya said that is pushing it, because, in literally, doichik means pushing it, fakvetched, because the lotion of the Chazal is Isha Mazras Tchila Yeh It sounds like the Zoch is connected to the fact that the woman began, not that the man ended. Not because she began, so therefore he's on top. Then the, the emphasis is on the wrong person. It's not Isha Mazras Tchila. It's Ish Mazriya Sheni. It's Ish Mazriya Achri Yeh Not... The emphasis, it sounds like, is on the Isha, Mazras that's the word. And he brings from the Gemara in Nida clearly that Bnei Leia are the boys, and Dina is Bas Yaakov. According to the Rabbeinu, according to the philosophers, there's no connection between the son and the father, between the son and the mother, more than the son and the father. Mitzad Disinyin, Fakert, Gavar. The reason he's a boy is because the male seed is dominant. Because the male chromosome, as we would say today, is dominant. Not the female. Dina is Basleya. The Shvatim Abnei Farkert. So therefore, for this, to explain this, the Alter Rebbe said, we have to understand it on a different level. And he started to explain that generally, femininity and masculinity, generally, are rooted in the two Midois of Hashem, Chesed and Gvur. Masculinity, Zohar Chazda, is associated with Chesed. Femininity, Dina de Malchus Dina, who experiences the concept of the Nida, Isha, and Isha Inet, Sarah represents Gvura, which means strength. So there's a strength in women, as we know, there's an inner strength in women that men don't have, with all due respect. I think if men would be responsible for childbirth, we would not only be an endangered species, but an extinct species. I would assume that Adam and Chava would have been the first and last generation of history, which may, may have made it much easier, actually, uh, etc. So there is a certain gvura in a woman, there's a certain inner, I would say, uh, fortitude, or uh, there's a word for it, uh, what women have. Resiliency. Uh, resiliency, perseverance, a certain long-term, long-term vision. Tenacity, yes. Huh? Grit. Grit, yes. Okay. You could look up all the words. On the... <laughs> it's, it's a resilience. In fact, it says in Medrash, it's a very quite interesting, that Adam HaRishon, if you, he was created from what? From Afarmin HaAdama, from earth. Chava was created from what? What does this medrash mean, really, if you think about it? If you take man and you uh, bring him back to his origins, what do you have? <laughs> Dust, earth. If you take a woman and you bring her back to her origins, what do you have? <laughs> you have man. <laughs> you have etzem, etzem, atzmius, Right? That's why men's deepest fear is that they're nothing, that they're offer. Why is that man's deepest fear? Because that's what he really is. Because that's what he is. That's what our shirish is. Man acquires his confidence when he could surrender to that truth. That's when you can actually start living. Until then, we run away from that space because that space is very real in us.
So there is a certain atzmiyos, an etzem, which is represented by gvura, by strength, or as he puts it here in this context, chesed is very generous and it's very giving, but as we explained, gvura is strong and gvura is disciplined and gvura is tough because it's so intimate, because it's so attached, and therefore it becomes extremely sensitive to boundaries. Gvura cannot afford to make believe there's no boundaries or to make believe that there's no identity. Gvura does not ignore reality. Gvura is very, very in touch with reality, and that's why it develops into Gvura. All Gvura, and we're talking about constructive Gvura, comes from the fact that you realize the impact of you on the other, and the impact of the other on you, and the relationship is very, very serious. It's not glossed over. And a serious relationship becomes an intense relationship. Truthful? Why not? Well, there's something beautiful about chesed. It's called blind love. <laughs> there's something very beautiful about it, you know. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. And now we're going to go into Teferis. <laughs> now, who's responsible for a child? To create a child, both produce zero, which we would say one contributes today, we would say one contributes the sperm, the seed, one contributes the egg. But it's Shnei Mazri. Kedis Kamai Mirazal the Gemara says in Masech the Nidah, Loiven, which is the white seed, the, the tibia, comes from the father, Shemimenu, Atzamas, Vegidim, Omoyach, the source of the bones and the sinews and the brain, Chuli, Oidim. Then there's the red, Minha'im, the blood, the egg that comes from the mother, Shemimenu, Oir, Ubasar. From it comes the skin and the flesh. The Gemara discusses in Mesech Tanida, Shloisha Shutfin Yesh Ba'adam HaKadosh Baruch There's three partners. There's the contribution of the father to the fetus. There's the contribution of the mother to the fetus. In addition, of course, to the contribution of the mother in terms of development, pregnancy, and birth. But we're talking about the very structure of the fetus, of the embryo, which comes, of course, both from the meeting, from the synthesis between the seed and the egg of the father and the mother. Now here there's the question. How do the two flows of father and mother become synthesized to become one? Chesed and Gvura are opposites. And you can't put it sharper than saying these words. And water extinguishes flames of fire, or the other way around, fire evaporates the water. And if man is water, and woman is fire, and that's indeed the case, the Gemara says in Masech to Saita, Doresh Rabbi Akiva, Daf Yudzayin in Saita, Ish v'isha zochu, Shechina shriya b'neim. A man and a woman are zoicha, if they marry, the Shechina dwells between them. And the Gemara explains over there that what? Ish and Isha both have in them the letters Eish, Aleph Shin, fire. So if you have the Yud and the Hey, Ish has a Yud and Ish has a Hey, which is Hashem's name. So it relaxes the flames. It turns the flames into something, what we would call a poetic fireplace. What if you take out the Yud and the Hey? What are you left with? 
you're left with fire and fire. But the Gemara says there's a difference. By the man, the Yud is between the Aleph and the Shem. By the woman, the hay is after the Aleph and the Shem. Because the fire is far more intense. That is what the Gemara says. What does this mean? This is what he's saying here. Because generally speaking, Gvura is fire. So by the Yud, by the Ish, the Yud is right in the middle of Ish. By the Isha, the hay comes after the Aleph Shem. In other words, the divinity of the woman does not consist of extinguishing her fire. It's not like a woman is supposed to tell herself, oh, I shouldn't be fiery. No, no, no. The hay comes after the fire. By the man, the yud comes in middle of the fire. Aleph yud shin. Because this is the difference of chesed and gvura. So here's his question. Can man and woman ever really unite? So you might say, of course not. <laughs> they just fake it. But in the child, for some people, but in the child, they, be, they unite. So that's what he's asking on the child. Male on the couple themselves, you could say, okay, shine. They work it out or they don't work it out. Hopefully they work it out. But the child, Man leaves Tati and Mami, which is difficult, and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. So it actually says, what does it mean to become one flesh? He says, where do they become one flesh? In the child. In the child, they're one. Right? Which is, of course, why children bring out the best in a marriage or the worst in a marriage. Why? Because children always remind you that there's a place in which you're forever one. The child is not tati or mommy. The child is tati and mommy together. So either the child brings out in the couple their ultimate unity, that place where they transcend their differences and they become one, or the child reminds them that they're forever one, which may drive them crazy. So children either bring out the best in the marriage or the worst in the marriage. But always something very powerful in the marriage. Yeah? Children bring them as close as possible together or as far as possible. Yes, Rabbi Litzman, let's say some experience. Just wanted to know, it the biology, I don't know. You want to tell us some of the biology of it? <laughs> That's a separate sugi, exactly how it works biologically. It's a fascinating sugi, okay, but let's leave those details for another time. So that's his Shaila. Mayim and Aish don't coexist. There's no such a thing. No inventor in the world, no genius in the world said, I'm going to show how water and fire will exist simultaneously in one space, each one intact. We have invented something called a pot. <laughs> the pot brings together fire and water. The Gemara says in Brachis, Haroyegdei I don't know how many of you dream of pots. Anybody dreams of pots? <laughs> if you dream of a pot, it means good things are happening. You should anticipate peace. 
What's Pshat? So it's brought in Achreinim. What's the connection between a Kedera and Shalom? What's the connection? The answer is because a Kedera makes Shalom between fire and water. If you would put the fire and water together, either the fire will extinguish, will evaporate the water, will dry up the water, or the water will extinguish the flame. If there's someone strong in the middle. Huh? Exactly. You have to have a Kedera, which is strong. The Kedera absorbs the heat, and that warms up the fire, but there's always a heft, there's always a partition. What does this mean? It means for two opposites to coexist, you must have boundaries. If somebody will say, no, we believe in achdus. Everything is united. Okay, so let's bring Mayim and Eish together. What happens? One gets completely destroyed, and the other one is not here anymore. That's not called achdus. That was a nest. You mean barat. Rashi says. But that was a chiddush, yeah? So he says, what's the dynamics here? So the first thing he's acknowledging here is that men and women are not the same. That itself is an important chiddush. People expect husbands and wives not to have issues. There's no such a thing. You have yichidesh gula that way. Uh, maybe shana rishayna nix. Is that it? That's how it's going? But, uh, but uh, and you have, you know, those, those great romantics. But generally speaking, it's different natures. It's different dispositions. We all know mitzad logic, it would make sense for Bochum to live in a yeshiva dormitory their whole life, and for girls to live in dormitories of women their whole life. The standards are different, expectations are different, and so forth. I remember when I got married, I went to Israel. So we had an apartment. I went in, I said, wow, this is a beautiful apartment. It's amazing. My wife goes to one of the shelves, she puts her finger on the shelf, and of course, she finds dust, and she says, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. Very good. I should have told her this is my origin, right? <laughs> so I said to her, I said, let me give you a little tutorial about yeshiva life. We have a policy in yeshiva, and that is, if it doesn't eat you, you eat it. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> That's what, in the yeshiva kitchens, if it doesn't eat you, it's good enough for you to eat. Okay. So those are smaller things, but then you have deeper elements. But the general distinction is you have fire and you have water. And the two are very different. Water could be also like a tsunami. Water could also go crazy. A tsunami is not fun, and a hurricane and a storm is not fun. But water relatively could be relaxed in a cup, in a bath, in a pool. The water more or less could be what's called in halacha ba'ashboyrin. It's gathered together in one place. Yeah, you can have zoichelin, you can have a flow, you can have a storm, you can have a tsunami. Aish is never relaxed. There's no such a thing. You look at a fire and say, just relax, relax. Everything is all right. Just stay in one place. There's no such a mitzvah. Fire is always dancing, always swaying, always flickering, always trying to depart from the wick. It's like looking to kiss heaven and depart. It's not Mayim. Mayim is Mayim, Eish is Eish. Mayim is Chesed and Eish is Gvura. Mayim could be more relaxed, more reserved, more cold, more detached, more aloof. Eish is extremely passionate. Eish is fiery. Eish is intense. It's very different experiences. The question is, can Mayim and Eish come together as one? No. Mayim mechabim Eish. That's why a healthy relationship, as much as there's oneness, there's also boundaries. Which Derech Agav, by the way, this gives a very big hashkaf in one of the Yisaitis of Taras HaMashpacha, of family purity. Because 
every person wants a relationship of fire, and every person wants a relationship of water. They each have a beautiful advantage. Who doesn't want a fiery relationship? You want passion, you want romance, you want electricity, you want nuclear energy, okay, not from Iran, but you want nuclear energy in a marriage in the sense that you want there to be a lot of hergish, a lot of lot, you want there to be a fire, a, a gishmak. On the other hand, we know fires get very, very intense. Mayim is a different type of relationship. It's a relaxed relationship. It's like two friends. It's like two friends. You go out for coffee, you schmooze. It's not so intense. It's not so emotional. Because when things are very intense, they go very good, but they also go very bad. They can be very positive. It's explosive. It's explosive. When it's Mayim, it's much more relaxed. It's like almost like long-time friends or like siblings or like, you know, old boyfriends or old girlfriends. It's like... You just have this old loyalty and relationship. It's not so exciting and exhilarating and electrifying, but it's calm, it's consistent, it's stable. It's not very dramatic. Now, like, you know, good business partners. So if you'll ask, uh, if you'll ask a couple, would you like a relationship like water or would you like a relationship like fire? Most, Jew- most couples would say we would love to have both types of relationships. We'd love to have a water-like relationship, you know, calm and relaxed. And we would also like to have a passionate relationship. There's only one problem in the world, and that is Mayim and Aish cannot coexist. And that's why you, it's very hard to find both relationships together. You have relationships that's more like business partners. It's cool, it's collective, it's considerate. Everybody's a little bit in their own world. And, you know, they work things out. And then you have relationships that are fiery, but... It could be fiery in both ways. It could be very, very positive, and it could be very, very tense. The brilliance of the creator of the world, who understood this better than everybody, was, he basically says, it's impossible. You're not going to have fire and water coexisting. So what's the system of Torah? The system of Torah is two weeks fire and two weeks water. Two weeks out of the month, generally speaking, is a time of fire, and two weeks is a time of water. It's not like those who make mistakes or those who teach Hassanam and Kalas erroneously that during the time of Nida is a time of absolute separation. A husband is not allowed to say hi to his wife because she's Tome. That's a very disastrous approach and it produces negative results. It's not the truth. The truth is it's a time to develop a different type of relationship. It's easy for people to get into a fight and say, oh, let me just give you a hug and we'll forget Talk it out. You have to have conversations. It's water. It's not fire. You have to give respect. It's a form of boundaries. It's a different Indian. So there's Mayim and there's Eish. But here's the issue. In the child, they become one. In the child, that's a Shaila. How do women and men who are so different and really represent opposite experiences, how do they become one in the child? That's the Shaila. Mayim Mechabim the Indian is the Indian is as it's known. Really, if you were asking this question in a therapy room, you would ask the question: Can woman and man ever really communicate? Can they ever really, really unite? Or ultimately, at some point, it will be like, "Oh, here we go again." Here we go again. That's really the question. If you want to bring it down in very practical reality. Now he's going to give his answer. His answer, Kedarkai, is going to employ mystical, spiritual language, which some of you will be familiar with at this point. But as you shall see, this is, I think, a tremendous paradigm 
maybe uh, the next uh, 10 or 15 lines will contain, I think, volumes and volumes of volumes of books that are written today, every Monday and Thursday, about marital conflict and the potential of marital harmony. The Indian is as follows. Whenever you speak about the ten spheres, the ten attributes of Hashem, and the ten attributes of every soul, each one includes all of them. There's no spheres that live in isolation in the world of Tikkun. Each one must encompass all the other nine. So if you're talking about chesed, you have chesed shebechesed, ugvura shebechesed, v'tifayah shebechesed, chuli. V'chein begvura. Yesh chesed shebegvura, gvura shebegvura, chuli. K'may shekasavnu b'inyin sviris, k'may shekasav b'inyin sviris ha'aymer, sheim zayin midiz v'chol echad kolom mezayin. It's the yisoyed of sviris ha'aymer. Because sviris ha'aymer is 49 days. Where do you get 49 days? You're basically dealing with seven midas. Each one of the seven consists of all the other seven. Seven times seven is 49. But in a larger scope, it's all the ten. Each ten includes, including the first three, which is Chachma, Bina, Das, and then you have the seven midas, Chesed, Gur, Teferis, Netzach, Chayd, Malchus. Each one consists of all of them. And therefore, you could splinter each one into many nuances. So you talk about Chesed. What is Chesed? There's the Chesed aspect of Chesed. There's the Gvura aspect in Chesed. Talk about Gvura. There's Gvura of Gvura and there's Chesed of Gvura. Now what does this mean? It seems like a contradiction. You just said Chesed and Gvura are opposites. Each one is different. That's true. And nonetheless, each one must contain a glimmer, a trace of the other one. It still doesn't become Chesed. Chesed Shebegvura Chesed Shebegvura is further from Chesed than Gvura Shebegvura. Because Gvurish of Chesed, he'll use Yeshivish language, is a din in Chesed. And Chesed Shebegvura is a din in Gvura. So understand that Chesed Shebegvura is further from Chesed than Gvurish of Chesed. But nonetheless, it's an aspect of Chesed, the way it comes into Gvura. In other words, healthy Gvura must understand Chesed. Just like healthy Chesed must employ and appreciate Gvura. And the same is true with each and every one of them. There's Bina in Chachma, and there's Chachma in Bina. And there's Netzach in Hoid, and there's Hoid in Netzach. And there's Netzach in Chesed, and there's Netzach in Gvura. And that's why we go through all the Sphere of And each day, you focus on one nuance of the Mido. What's called a sub, the sub, uh, the subcategory of the Mido. So you have Malchus Shebe Gvura. Gvura needs to understand Malchus. And there's how Gvura is expressed through Malchus, but it's part of Gvura. For Gvura to be wholesome, it needs to have Midas HaMalchus. It needs Midas HaChesed, it needs Midas HaGvura. Gvura Shebegvura. Gvura Shebegvura, for example, is focusing of Gvura in Gvura. The Gvura aspect of Gvura. And that is the first aspect of Gvura. Al-Darach Marshal, to give a Marshal, of Ma'kebnoi, Umiyasri B'Shevet Anashim, <laughs> the father who, stri- who strikes his son and Miyasra he rebukes him B'shevet Anoshim B'shevet Anoshim means a scepter of men which of course represents the idea this doesn't necessarily mean physical huh? yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean physical in other words the concept of a father disciplining and educating a child Hareyu Machmas Avo this always has to be out of love. If it's not coming out of Ava, that means the Gvura 
does not have an aspect of chesed, or the chesed doesn't have an aspect of gvur, something is missing. The father truly wants he should have a relationship with Hashem and learn his Torah. Nonetheless, it could be that the rebuke, the strike, is painful. This will be called gvura in chesed. The Pasuk will say, who, who God loves rebukes. If I really love you, I will discipline my child. If I really love my child, I will discipline my child. I will rebuke my child. Why? Not because I love rebuking, but because I love the person too much. So in other words, we have a very interesting idea. Real gvura, if it doesn't come from chesed, there's a challenge in the gvura, because the objective has to be here, that I love the person. In other words, it should be easier for me not to discipline. It would be easier for me just to say, yes, 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 yes. It's much easier, because I love you. But because I really love you, I don't just love myself, therefore I have the need to create a discipline. So this is a gvura. But what? It's all a part of the chesed. In other words, what is the emotion behind the gvura? Absolute love. He, he doesn't say here that hitting a child is chesed, is, is, uh, is gvura, is gvura. He says it's gvurish abachesed. What does this mean? Here you have a big side, and that is if you ever punish somebody, you discipline somebody, and you're not feeling the emotion of love, then it's already not gvurish abachesed. It's a whole different experience. Huh? Gvurish abachesed means uh, if I have to detach from a relationship that is poisonous to me, right? And the person calls me every day, or texts me every day, or emails me every day. I have to be able to pick up the phone and say, for your benefit and for my benefit, yeah, we should not be speaking for another two or three years. Have wonderful hatzlach, have a good life, and you hang up. That's called gvura shebegvura. Gvura shebegvura means it's employing the gvura element of gvura. Chesed shebegvura, for example, would be the emotion is gvura, but it's chesed. For example, let's say you have to fire an employee. Anybody here ever fired an employee? And you're a nice guy. It's not an easy thing to do. But let's say he's destroying your business, or it's not good for him. Even if it's not good for him, it's not good for you, yeah? How do you do it? You could come in and you could say, you know, I've rarely met an idiot like you in my life, and therefore I am happy to say you're fired for eternity. Leave the office. I never want to see you again, right? That's not the way to do it. Chesed Shebe means the emotion is Gvura, there's a distance. But the way you do it is with kindness, with respect, with sensitivity. With sensitivity. You understand what I'm saying? You say something nice to the person, and that a person can always do. Always do. Uh, sometimes Gvirim gives stuck, and they don't realize, I, I was speaking to a group of them, I said, a Yid comes for Tzedakah, yeah? Not everybody you're going to give eighteen thousand dollars. Everybody you're going to give eighteen. Some people you're going to give eighteen dollars, ten dollars. But you could be nice. You don't have to make a person feel like a shmata. Even if you're saying no, you could say nice. You could say it nicely. You could do it with chesed, with with respect, with kindness, with sensitivity. Sometimes you need gvura, but it could be with a chesed shabegvura. Sometimes you need gvura shabegvura. Gvura shabegvura is it's intense. Sometimes every every midah needs all of them. Did I answer your question? Here we're talking about Gvura Shabachesed. No, it's opposite. Gvura Shabachesed, the Gvura is a din in Chesed. The emotion is love. That's what he's saying, a beautiful idea. There's no, no punishing a child if you're not feeling love. If you're not feeling love, don't punish. You know why? Because then it's not going to be educational. It's going to be destructive. 
Gvura Shebechesed means the Gvura is an outgrowth of the feeling of Chesed. Because I love you, I'm behooved to discipline you. It's very different. It's the modulator, really. Yes. The modulator yeah. of the prime medium. Yeah. That's the prime. That's the source. That's the mother. Gvura is a child. Chesed Shebechesed is Faket. The emotion is an emotion of Gvura, an emotion of strength, of discipline, of boundaries, of structure. But it's being expressed through Chesed. It's being expressed in a very nice and loving way. Boundaries could be very loving. They don't have to be cruel. They don't have to be sadistic. They don't have to be negative. They could be very, Gvura could be very kind. Then you have Tiferes. We'll soon see. So you have Chesed is love, Gvura is discipline, Tiferes is empathy, Netzach is victory, the ability to be victorious, Hoid is submission, surrender, humility. Yisoyed is bonding, and Malchus is leadership. And then you have Chachma Bin Adas, which is conception and comprehension, development of an idea, and then application of the idea, Das. We learned some time ago about Das. So each Midah is color of all of them. So here he's just giving an example of discipline. Now, if I am feeling only anger to my child, you should not discipline, you should certainly not hit. I mean, Bechlal hitting today is very, very questionable. But... If even somebody has for Shalom thinks that they have to hit, if you're not feeling love, stay far away from it. Because then it has nothing to do with education. It has to do with an angry, vengeful, frustrated father who can't deal with his emotions and he's letting it out on his kids. And remember, we usually wound where we have been wounded, so you should not do that. Even if you have been wounded that way, you don't want to repeat the cycle for the next generation. This generation is dealing with enough therapy. So therefore, Gvura Shebechesed is as Hashayev Hashem Yechidach. Ulehepech. I'll put it differently. Never discipline a child if it's natural for you. <laughs> if the discipline is coming too easy, boom, 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 stop. It has to be fakert. I love this person. Is this really what he or she is going to gain most out of? It's not like, yeah, go into your room for six hours, I don't want to see you, and you lock the door. I'm not making up a mitzvah for you. Or Pesach, you're not going to be part of the family. You're not coming with us. You know, people do these things, they lose themselves. Okay, so you have to apologize if you lose yourself. But generally, the gvura has to come from chesed. Olehepech, chesed should be gvura. What's chesed should be gvura? He says, Suddenly he goes here to the mother. The hitting, he goes to the father. Now he goes to the mother. It's interesting. At the beginning of the Maimi, he said the father is chesed, the mother is gvura. Suddenly, when he wants to give an example of hitting, it's the father. And of giving nonstop, it's the mother. Well, he, he forgot what he said five lines ago. That's why I told you that gvura here, in the beginning of the Maimi, doesn't mean stam, uh, you're an angry person. Yeah. But what happens? Often the woman is giving and giving. I mean, she doesn't stop nursing. So this baby could never become an independent person because he doesn't stop. It's not always good for him. So even though it looks like it's really coming from a gvura. And here gvura means actually a sense of distance, a sense of negativity. In other words, I'm not thinking, I'm distant from the person. It's an Indian of gvura. So the point is what looks like on the outside may not be what it is on the inside. It could be on the outside gvura and the inside is chesed. On the outside it could be chesed and the inside is really gvura. 
the Maisa of Reb Nochem Chernobyler, of uh, of Reb Motel Chernobyler, the Magid of the Chernobyler Magid. Reb, Reb Nochem Chernobyler was a student of the Balshamtiv. His son was Reb Motel Chernobyler, Reb Mordechai Chernobyl. The tor- a lot of the Torskis are uh, descendants of him. Reb Motel Chernobyler is not the Chernobyl Magid. His father passed away. He was from the big uh, tzaddikim of his generation. He wrote a sefer called Moire Naim. Famous sefer, Moire Naim, Reb Nochem Chernobyl. Uh, he passed away, Tovkov Memches, 1787, in Cheshvan. Reb Nochem after he passed away, his son, Reb Motala, had visions of his father. Once, it was a long time, he didn't see his father. So uh, he was very, very distraught. And uh, he fell ill. At some point he fell ill. And it was very serious illness. And then he recovered. And he made a suda, a suda. At the suda, the Motla Chernobyla said that when he was ill, he lost consciousness. They didn't know if he's going to make it. And he said, his neshama went up. And he met his father. And he says, Father, I haven't seen you in all this time. He says, my neshama was not coming to you for a reason. There was probably a blockage. He said, have you sinned recently? He says, no, I don't know. He says, think, think. Did you do anything wrong? He says, no, I didn't do anything wrong. He says, let me ask you something. People come to you for help. Do you always help them? He says, to the best of my ability. He says, did you ever not help somebody? He says, no, I always try to help. He says, remind yourself maybe something where you distance somebody. So he said there was once a person who came not long ago and he asked for help, but he says there was nothing I can do for him. So the Nachum said, so what do you tell him? I wanted to make him feel good. So I told him this Pasuk, Whoever God loves, he rebukes. So I told the person, probably God loves you. So that's why he's chastising you, because it's coming out of love. That's what I told him. So the Nachum said, ah, that was the problem. He says, let me tell you how we learned this Pasuk in Ganeiden. In Ganeiden, we also learned this Pasuk, but the Kama is in a different place. He said, we read it like this in Ganeiden. Ki yehav. When you love another Jew, Hashem yechiyach. You give Musr to Hashem for hurting him. yehav. When you love another Jew, Hashem yechiyach. You give Teichich HaKavayachul to Hashem. He said, instead of telling this person how much God loves him, you should have gone to God and say, come on, why are you doing this to this person? He says, that's why I couldn't come see you. That's what Ibn Nachim Chernobyler told him. And there was a maestro by Ibn Nachim Chernobyler that, uh, it's very interesting, there was a yid, uh, uh, something by the Kabbalists called a Magid. The Beis Yosef has a sefer called Magid Mesharim. They had Magidim, like angels that would come to them and teach them Torah. So a yid, uh, su- such a type of spiritual source, came to the Bracham Shonabala and offered him to teach him every night. So he said he has to have the shus from the Balshamtov. He has to have permission. And he went to the Balshamtov, and the Balshamtov said he should stay away because he comes from the Kayachis of Klippa. Don't go, don't go, reject him. So he did. So the Balshamtov asked him afterwards, How did you know that you have to ask permission? Yid comes from Melmaila and wants to teach you Torah. Everyone would say, wow, it's like a Leon. How do you know? So he told the Balshamtav. He said, you know, I was an orphan. And my father remarried. Remarried. And he married a Shtif Mama. A Shtif Mama is a stepmother. 
And she was a machshefa, a marshas. She was a horrible woman. She hated me, you know, sometimes with step-parents and step-children. Not so simple. She had something on me, and she abused me. And uh, I had to have permission. Every time I went to take food, I had to have her permission. It was once in the middle of the night. And um, it was once in the middle of the night. And I, uh, I, was, I was thirsty. So I went, and I think there was a little milk. And I went and I took the milk. And she, she was up, or she saw me, and she gave me makas, she gave me klep. So I said, what, what are you giving me klep for? What are you giving me klep? I need it for my health. She said, true, but even that which you need for your health, you have to ask permission. And it was horrible. I grew up, and I thought to myself, why did God put me in this situation that I had to deal with this woman? Why? It must be there's a lesson. So now when this guy came to me and he said he wants to offer to teach me Torah, I remembered what this lady said. Even if you're doing something for your health, you have to ask permission. I said, ah, that's why I learned to. So I told him I have to ask permission. <laughs> this is how he converted. He took his challenge on how he, how he, how he converted it. Okay, we'll stop here. So the question that was raised here in this Mimer is, if men and women are so different and essentially in many ways opposites and not because they choose to be opposites but it's based on their biological, emotional and spiritual identity how indeed can there be true unity between them especially in the child the child who as the Gemara says and we know biologically is the complete product of the unification of father and mother, the father's seed and the mother's egg, which completely synthesized, become synthesized, and integrated and unified into a complete achdos. If it's two opposites, and water extinguishes fire, and fire would dry up the water, how do they actually come together? And they thrive, they live together in it. In order to understand this, he says that the ten spheres in a healthy, wholesome world, must be integrated. What do we mean integrated? Each one encompasses all the others. As he gives the example, there is chesed shabachesed, but real chesed must have gvurah shabachesed, which is the discipline component of chesed. There's gvurah shabachesed, but there's also chesed shabachesed. All the spheres are included in each other. Each one. And only then do you have a wholesome structure. So even a person who is... Uh, rooted in chesed, a soul of chesed, must learn how to employ gvura as part of his chesed. Because the chesed won't be wholesome and healthy if it doesn't have components of gvura. And even a soul who's rooted in gvura must learn about chesed in order to be able to use chesed to serve as the gvura. Even if their primary paradigm is chesed or gvura to Ferris and Netzach. It says that he brings in Lekut HaTorah that when Aram would light the menorah, the menorah had seven lamps. The seven lamps were connected to seven middas. Because the Jewish people are divided into seven groups. There are souls that are rooted in Chesed and in Gvura and in Teferis and Netzach. But it doesn't mean that you're one-dimensional. In life, you're not one-dimensional. But the question is, what's your Iker? What's your, what's your Shorish? What's your Mohus? So when Aaron was lighting the Menorah, he was, so to speak, lighting up. He was igniting the souls of Chesed, the souls of Gvura, the souls of Teferis. But there still is an integrated relationship between all of them because each sphere encompasses all the other spheres. And this is a big cloud. 
a big klal in Kedusha is that there's balance, there's integration, like we learned in many other Maimorim, it's different in Toyu and Tikkun, in Toyu each Midah was completely isolated and uh, lonely, and hence there was ultimately a breakdown, a collision, where in the world of Tikkun, it's not the Zetah it's called Partsufim, it's structures, where each one gives and each one takes, it's not, it's not one, uh, one dimensional. So now we continue weiter. Vihine Biyichud Vizivugav Biyichud Vizivugav means during the unity and the intimacy, the Zivuk of the Father Ha'av Vihine Biyichud Vizivug Kama during the time of intimacy, of closeness, of mashpia The father, the husband, ought to give from the place of gvura that is in him, because that's the language of his partner. and the mother, whose soul is rooted in gvura, mashpas she ought to give from the chesed in her, because that's the language of her husband. And that's the only reason that man and woman could connect. Because man finds the feminine language in his soul, and woman finds the masculine language in her soul. If the father would only give from his own dimension and say, since my soul is rooted in chesed, that's what I give. I give who I am. And the woman says, or thinks, or subconsciously operates on that level. Since I'm rooted in this space, so this is what I give. I give. But I give from me, and this is who I am. There can't be unity. Water extinguishes fire. Or the other way around. The ash is, uh, the ash, fire dries up the water. The only way they could unite is if each one finds the other one within themselves. And they give to the other one that language, that energy that they identify within themselves. How can they identify within themselves? Because as he said, all the spheres are they're always integrated from each other. So it's MS that the Neshama of the Zachar is rooted in Chesed. And the Neshama of the Nekeva is rooted in Gvura. One is called water, and one is called fire. One is very intense, one is very powerful, one is very strong, one is very personal. And one is more aloof, one is a little more detached, one is a little more reserved, one is a little more... Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Love Dafka, Love Dafka, that's already Pratim. That's already Pratim. But nonetheless, there is always in each sphere you have all the components. So how does the Chibur happen? The Chibur happens only when the Zachar, what is intimacy? Intimacy means he finds the Gvuri and the Chesed and that's what he gives to the other person. What is intimacy for the woman? She finds the Chesed and the Gvura and that's what she gives to the other person. Now this, obviously, has very, very practical ramifications. What we're learning here is that if I give you a lot of, lot of love or a lot of anything, but what I'm giving you is me, it's something that's meaningful to me. 
It's something that speaks to me. It's something that expresses what I would like. I'm not connecting to you. I'm actually disconnecting from you. Why am I disconnecting from you? Because I am not respecting your identity and I'm not nurturing what you need in order to be able to feel close to me. That's a very, very powerful idea. Because the Zohar is giving. He's giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. But there's no connection. There's no, absolutely no connection. Why is there no connection? Because you're not recognizing that the other person is truly different than you. Not only different, but opposite. You're not recognizing that. And you're not recognizing that. You're not respecting that. You're not doing anything about that. What has to happen is I have to find the language in me that speaks to your soul. When I give that to you, now you could feel close to me. And the same way the other round. When you give to me what is meaningful to me, now I could feel close. If not, it's two separate languages. Today they speak a lot about different love languages. I'll give that example in practical. Five love languages for teenagers, for children, for men, for all people. The first love language is, in other words, what do you need? And this is a very, very, it's, it's, it's a brilliant observation. It's a very genuine observation. Sometimes people say, you know, I'm a mature person, I don't need. But that's not, that's not the case. What do you need in order to be, from somebody that you care, you care about, and you want to be attached to them? What do you need from them to make you feel close to make you feel that you're cherished, you're loved, you're validated. What is it? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation means simply words that, that validate you, that empower you, that lift you up. I mean, re- real words of affirmation about who you are, about your, your, your work, about uh, anything external, internal, from your looks to your personality, to your work, to your contributions, etc. Then there is uh, spending quality time. Spending quality time. The concept of people spending time with each other without any other interruption and knowing that there's no potential for interruption. It's not like, uh, let me just check this text. That quality time where there's nothing in the world outside of this relationship and the quality time is not to talk about the kids. (laughs) That's not called quality time. Quality time has to be lishma v'lishmoi. In other words, there's no productive element. It's not we're having a meeting about the house, we're having a meeting about this, we're having a meeting about the school. It's not a meeting. It's not a business meeting. Or even a family meeting. It's, it's not for a meeting. It's just to, to, to be close to each other. In other words, to speak about birds and frogs and turtles and etc., etc. And then there is... Acts of service. Acts of service. Gift giving. Giving gifts. And physical touch, right? Physical touch. So as a father once told me, that his child's love language is physical touch. He needs to be touched and hugged and embraced and kissed. His love language is acts of service. He wanted to show love to his child, teenage child. So he was doing a lot of acts of service. The more he was doing it, the more his child was resenting it. The more his child was resenting, he couldn't understand He's giving and giving and giving. It's like, I don't need it. I don't want it. Get it out. Why? Because the more he was giving the wrong thing, the more pain it was creating for the child who's craving this closeness and is not getting it. So it would be like, you love chocolate ice cream. Anybody? 
Your wife despises chocolate ice cream. She likes vanilla ice cream. Anybody? Okay. Uh, no, nobody? Okay. So I'll be the carbon. I like vanilla ice cream. I like vanilla ice cream. Okay, you're all on a diet because it's your shaydish. Yeah, fine. Ich red wegen ice cream, but ich mein teurer. Now you want your 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 wife your wife's love language is acts of service or gifts, so you decide you're going to buy her and she loves ice cream. You're going to surprise her with ice cream every single day. There's only one problem: you love chocolate ice cream, so you bring her chocolate ice cream. The problem is she can't eat chocolate ice cream. You're expecting her to be grateful, to be thankful, to be so impressed and inspired, but at some point she's like, <laughs> "This goes straight to the garbage." I have to appreciate the fact I like I may like chocolate, but this person doesn't like this person likes vanilla. What does this person have to tell you? The person has to tell you chocolate means nothing to me. Vanilla means a lot to me. So this is a simple marshal, but it's a marshal about a lot of relationships because couples don't have these conversations often. So they're both nice people. They're both trying to do the right thing, but it's like whoops. I don't know your language, you don't know my language. I don't know how to connect to you, you don't know how to connect to me. What You're trying to do good things, but to me it does not touch my soul. It doesn't make me feel close. Why? Because it's not nurturing who I am. It doesn't make my soul blossom. It doesn't make me flourish. It doesn't allow my ima- imagination to grow. And today, this is one of the huge yesidus in therapy. The huge yesidus. Here he says it in two lines. That what is intimacy based on? Intimacy is not based on you being close with yourself. Intimacy is based on finding the, the nature, the language, the soul, the passion, the personality of the other person in yourself. If you don't find it in yourself, then you can't give that. Because I'm, I'm clueless. I have to find that concept in me, and that's what I give during intimacy. He gives and she, they both give. He gives to her and she gives to him. He's thinking about her, she's thinking about him. Not on their terms, but on the other person's terms. That's where the chibur is. So what is a child? How can a child unite chesed and gvura? How can a child become the synthesis of a father and a mother together? The answer is, the child is conceived from intimacy. What happened in intimacy? The father found the gvura in him, and that's what he gave. The woman found the chesed in her. And that's what she gave. So what's the product of that intimacy? The product is the child, who is the unity of the father and the mother. How can there be a chibur? The chibur is, because remember, the gvura in the man is still chesed. It's gvura shabach chesed. But it allows him to connect to his wife. And the chesed in the wife is still gvura, it's still hers. But it allows her to connect to the husband. His gvura and her chesed, when they meet... They, actually, they, they can actually connect. Even though this is his energy and this is her energy, but here there can already be a shalom bias. He says, but if without this, according to all of this, now we'll understand what the Maimah began with. The Maimah raised the problem of Now we can understand. What was the issue? The Gemara says, based on the Pasuk, that when the woman generates the flow first, the product is a boy, a male. When the man generates first, the product is a female. He asked, why does it work that way? 
The answer of the philosophers was rejected. The answer of the philosophers was, it's not that the woman generates first. The woman generates first and the man is second, so therefore he dominates. But that was rejected. But now we understand. What is real intimacy when the woman generates the intimacy? What is it? That she's actually in touch with male energy. means he generates the energy. What is real intimacy? That he's in touch with female energy. Because that's what intimacy means. Real intimacy means that the person has the comfort and the confidence to be completely, completely vulnerable and open, number one, and then number two, to be able to truly focus on the other. Since it's about focusing on the other, so now we can understand. What's Isha Mazras Tchilev? Isha Mazras Tchilev means... Who is, so to speak, the dominant feature in this relationship? She. She is arousing. She is triggering. And her, what is she doing? She is mashpia from chesed. L'chein, yeled the zocher, shumei chesed. So therefore the birth is the zocher, who is also chesed. Mashenken ish mazriat chila. If the main dominant component in this relationship is the ish, he's mazriat chila. And what is he giving? His ashpa comes from gvura. Because he's connecting with his spouse, so therefore the birth is a nekeva. According to this, the words of the Pasuk, the way the Chazal interpret it, could be understood literally. The Zohar is not not like the philosophers say that it's not that the Isha Kisazriya makes the Zohar. No. Since Isha Kisazriya, so technically the Ish comes second, so he's on the top, and he Govar. So since his tip is on the top, so therefore the male is the dominant feature. That's not the Vart. According to this, his Vart is taken Isha Kisazriya yelled the Zohar. The Zohar comes from the Isha Kisazriya. Why? Because. Real intimacy comes from the woman finding masculinity in herself and therefore connecting to that aspect in herself and thus having the ability to nurture and give that to her husband and conversely. So therefore, if he's Mazriat Chilla, so therefore the dominant component in this moment is the, mask, the feminine because he was Mazriat Chilla, so therefore it's a Nekeva. And if she was Mazriat Chilla, so the dominant feature is the masculine, because that's what intimacy is about, so therefore the product is going to be a Zohar. So this is only in the case where they are actually doing that, right? Or, or not? We're talking about a Kavana, right? This must be a, talking about a Kavana that somebody's having? It's not observable, you're saying. Into me see. Intimacy, into me see. That's 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 who so in other words, that's complete vulnerability, complete complete openness. If it has to be specifically spoken biologically about a mice, it can't be talking about the relationship that's that's behind it. I mean to think about it in a more spiritual way in terms of what 
the healthfulness of the relationship? I mean, do we have to take it so, you know, literally to, to be bothered by these questions if we take it in a more global gestalt way about the relationship underlying their intimacy? Right. That's what it seems like. Yeah, because yeah, because it's talking about tchila. It's not talking about which is more powerful. You know, which is more dominant. dominant. It's, it's, it's specifically talking about, you know. Well, if it's about the relationship, order. then certain people that have a consistent relationship should always be having sons or daughters. It's that, it's that moment. <laughs> no relationship. Then we can have control over it. They say that number six They say that two people got into a major dispute about a particular number. One said it was number six, and one said it was number nine. <laughs> and they got into a huge machlaikas. He says it's six, and she says it's nine. So they came to the arbitrator to make peace. So the arbitrator said, look, if you look at it from one perspective, it's a six. If you look at it from another perspective, you turn it around, it's a nine. It simply has to do with two perspectives. Who's right and who's wrong? There's no right and there's no wrong. It has to do literally with vantage point. This seems like a simple truth. Yet emotionally and experientially it's hard to deal with. Because on an intellectual level everybody can understand this. Two people are looking at the same thing and they're seeing something completely different completely different. We could all understand this mathematically. When it comes to emotional relationships, it becomes very difficult to understand because it affects us emotionally. There's pain involved. Once there's pain that's involved, I feel pain by you. It's very hard for me to be detached and say, you're not trying to cause me pain. You just see things completely different. But that's the beginning of all intimacy. The beginning of all intimacy is the recognition of this fundamental truth that people are so different, especially men and women. And the same reality. He brought chocolate ice cream. <laughs> he thinks he's the greatest romantic in the world. And the <coughs> other one thinks he's completely detached, careless, out for lunch, for breakfast, and for dinner. A woman called me once. She says, you will not believe the abuse that I received. I said, what? It was her birthday. So her husband says, I surprise you. He takes her, and he puts her in a hot air balloon. <laughs> and she take, takes her on a ride in a hot air balloon. She wanted to get divorced over this. She wanted to get divorced. And so I, so I, I call him, or he came, whatever. I say, what's this? He says, my whole life I'm dreaming to go with my wife on a hot air balloon. This is my dream. 
And I decide, this is the moment, and we will reach the peak of our marriage. So for him it was the peak, and for her it was a get. It was the abyss. And he mamish meant it. Not an evil bone in his body. Not a mean bone in his body. She's afraid of heights. She's afraid of planes. Hot air balloons. She wanted to commit suicide before she got into the hot air balloon. First days. Okay, so over there it's very obvious. You know, you have to ask the person what they like before you take them on a hot air balloon or you take them on a Ferris wheel. But but, so here it seems simple. When it gets to deep emotions and experiences of life, it becomes much more subtle and much more sensitive. And what happens is after a few years, there's so much mistrust that people are not having this conversation. They already take for granted that their husband is just in his own world or that his wife, he takes his wife is just in her own world or he's selfish or she's careless or she's upset at him, he's upset at her. And they figure out how to maneuver life from that paradigm, but they both remain in a prison. And the reason they remain in a prison is because they completely are unaware of what's happening in the depth of the other person's soul. They talk about a lot of things, but this they don't talk about. And even if they talk about it, they can't experience it. So here is the Yisoyt. He's not I'm talking about a relationship, he's talking about a Zivuk. What's Zivuk? Zivuk is two people become one. Not two people live in the same house. Two people become And where do you see the oneness? You see the oneness in the child. To be able to have that oneness in the child, when Mayim is supposed to be Mechaba Eish, and Eish is supposed to overwhelm the water... It's only when you have Aish and Mayim and the Aish remains Aish and the Mayim remains Mayim. But if the Aish could find the Mayim in the Aish and that's how it connects to the water, and the Mayim could find the Aish and the Mayim and that's how it connects, so then what happens here is two people who are Lechayda opposites can really experience oneness, can really experience intimacy, and the child will be a result of that. Yeah. Can I suggest something wild? Just something sure. That, because people are asking about having boys and having girls. Maybe there's a deeper message here that's probably not shot in the mimer, but there's something that we can take home from here. So it means if she finds the masculinity within her, meaning she knows how to relate to her husband on his terms, and etc., etc., to give of herself so it's a real chibur, the end of the result will be that her midah of chesed will ultimately emerge. Meaning the best way to see your midah come to fruition in this interaction is to give, and then that will be the best way to achieve the result that you want. Her midah zachar. She wants to see zachar come come true in this marriage. She wants to see chesed, the midah of chesed, the midah of, 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 of chesed. So the best way is then to submit to the husband his midah. It's not talking necessarily about the, the gender of the child as much as seeing that midah then emerge in their lives together. If she, if she wants to see zachar happen, the best thing she can do is to submit to her husband his If midah. she wants her husband to be born... And not remain uh, a fetus in his mother's womb. That's wild. Huh? That's wild. So then that's what she needs to that's do. That's wild. Huh? That's wild. And if he wants his wife to be born and not remain imprisoned in her mother's womb, right? Hayoim haras oilam. Remember we spoke before Rosh Hashanah, Hayoim haras oilam. If she wants her husband to be born, she has to be able to give him his language. And conversely. Beautiful. Thank you. Still Okay. And he finishes. Alpi Kabbalah. And according to Kabbalah, Hazakhar Hunim Shekh Mishem Ma Vanakeva Mishem Ban. 
like everything in Pshat, it comes from the world of, it starts in the world of Nister. The Zohar is associated with one of Hashem's names called Shema. The Nekeva is associated with one of Hashem's names called Shem Ban. Yud Kevavke, when you spell out fully Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, Yud, Vav, Dalad, Hey, Aleph, Hey, Vav, Aleph, Vav, Hey, Aleph, you'll get 45. That's called Shem Ma. 52 will be, however, if you spell it differently. To get from 45, 52, there's four names of Hashem. Ma, Ban, Sag, and Av. 45, 52, 63, 72. It's all how you spell out Yud, Hey, and Vav, and Hey. You could spell it with Alephs. You could spell it with Hey's. Hey, Hey, Hey. You could spell it with Yud's. Hey, Yud. Vav, you could spell Vav, Vav. Vav, Alev, Vav, Vav, Yud, Vav. That makes the difference of the names. So it's four configurations of divine energy. So the Zohar is Ma. The Nekeva is Ban. Vihine Ma kolol gamkin mi Ban vegam shem Ban kolol mi Ma. Ma encompasses Ban. And Ban also encompasses Ma. Vashpas hat is Ban de Ma. So you have in the right all the writings of Kabbalah, which is the code language of Kabbalah. When the Zohar gives, the masculine element of the divine gives, what does he give? He doesn't give Ma. He gives the Ban of Ma. Because Ban is Nekeva. So spiritually, he's now speaking completely in spiritual terms. The birth of the energy is going to be feminine energy. Why? Because the hashpa is the ban that you're giving. So you're finding the nekuda in you that's not you. The nekuda of the other in you. And that's actually what's coming out in the relationship. So you're connecting with the other by finding the other in you. So you're not giving of yourself. You're giving of the other. So you become the other, and the other becomes you. So it's like a topsy turvy here. The isha is ban. She has to find the ma in her, and that's what she gives. Because in ma, in ban you have ma, or the ma, and because she's giving ma, so therefore the child is a male. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.